Professor John Mira, welcome to the Lancet podcast. Many thanks for talking to us. You're the main author behind a new Lancet commission, and this is a commission about global surgery. What is the background to this commission? Because surgery and surgery in, in the context of global health isn't talked about that often. So this is an interesting initiative. What's the background? Well, thank you, Richard. And, and you're absolutely right. So historically, surgery has not been part of the public health discourse. And I think there are several reasons for that. One, it uh, seems very complex. So when people think about surgery, they, they think it's expensive. They think it requires a lot of capital and infrastructure. And it just seems, uh, you know, it seems like it's not cost effective, or at least it did years or decades ago. So historically, you look at public health or global health movements, and there's been an emphasis on things like vaccines or infectious diseases because they, they seemed like they were, quote, more cost effective. Times have changed, and a lot of good research has gone into this area. And what we found out leading up to the commission is maybe that that isn't quite true. And so I think when you look at what led to this commission, it's really the history of what I'll call surgical marginalization and then uh, an emerging body of data which calls into question whether or not surgery is any less cost-effective than any other public health intervention. How would you uh, define the main aims, objectives of this commission? Well, when the Lancet came to us, they wanted us to, first of all, bring together a group of international experts in the field. So it had to be a broad-based coalition representing different areas of the world, different continents, different specialties. Next, they wanted us to do a thorough evaluation of the present situation in global surgery and anesthesia. And I remember the first meeting with Richard Horton, he specifically said he wanted some very clear and concise recommendations and he also wanted a series of metrics, so something tangible uh, by which we could judge progress in the future. So uh, in short, that was, that was the initial goal. I would also add that certainly advocacy was also part of the initial uh, goal in terms of making sure that we could advocate for the proper place of surgery within public health. Do go on and go into some of the detail of the commission. What is the general approach you're using here? Because obviously you're taking a health economics approach to it as well. That's an important factor, isn't it? It is. In terms of the approach of the Lancet Commission, as I mentioned, we started out first with uh, 25 commissioners from around the world. And our uh, ultimate goal, as with all commissions, is to inform and drive policy change, really to generate broad and sustainable improvement in, in, uh, in this case, in global surgery and in global surgery's uh, role in public health. So we started with a number of meetings. The first was in Boston. And then we met in Sierra Leone, and finally we met in Dubai. And we had a number of core working groups looking at different aspects of global surgery. And towards uh, the fall of 2015, those working groups came together, wrote segments of, of what would become the report. And then to that, we uh, did some uh, new primary research, which led to some key messages. We also came up with metrics in the report. Uh, added also a discussion around research and what the role of research would be in the future, and also came up with something that we're calling a national surgical plan template. So this is a, a rough guide or outline for ministries of health to use when looking at their own healthcare delivery uh, apparatus in terms of how might you or how should you incorporate surgery. Uh, and it's not meant to be prescriptive, it just gives gives uh, ministries of health an idea of maybe some of the key items that they should look at. And I remember 
Last year, a colleague of mine did a podcast for the Lancet Global Health, one of our sister journals, looking specifically at the cost-effectiveness of surgery in low-resource settings. Very interesting that was, too, because it seemed to dispel a myth that somehow surgery is very costly and therefore cannot be applied in a a low-middle-income setting. Yes, you're absolutely right. That is certainly a myth. And we've had some good research associated with the commission, which uh, in short has has proven that surgical intervention can actually be as cost-effective as vaccines or infectious disease treatment. So when looking at the long-term downstream impact of proper surgical care, it actually is just as effective as other healthcare interventions. For example, if you have someone with a fractured leg, If you don't fix that, you can take that person out of the workforce for the rest of their life. And if they're 20 years old, that takes them out of the workforce for their, essentially their entire adult life. Simple fracture treatment like that can put someone back in the workforce. So the the downstream economic effects are huge, which makes surgery cost effective, even though when you look at, say, a particular procedure, you might say, well, that seems awfully expensive. But when you look at the entire uh, productive lifespan of the people that we're treating, it it really ends up to be very cost effective. The detail is in the commission itself. And I would urge everyone listening to this podcast to read the commission. But just to give you a flavor, John, there are some very clear key messages, five key messages, I think. Do you want to walk us through those? Richard, the Lancet Commission was involved in uh, quite a bit of new research that went into the commission and the commission report. And we came up with five key messages and the results are quite striking. So, for example, the first key message in the report alludes to how many people in the world do not have access to what we define as as the vision for the commission, which is universal access to safe, affordable surgical and anesthesia care when needed. Now, when you look at all of those aspects of the vision, five billion people in the world do not have access to surgical care in that manner. And what I mean by that is some may have access to surgical care, but it isn't safe, or they can't afford it. So when you look at all of the aspects of our vision, more than half of the world's population does not have the type of access that that you or I would want for our family. The second uh, key message is that 143 million additional surgical procedures are needed to even approach that vision. So that's every year, 143 million surgical procedures. There are roughly 300 to 330 million procedures done per year in the world. And so you realize that, uh, that we're falling far short of, of what would be needed to provide uh, the vision of the Lancet Commission to all people on the, on the planet. The other thing that's very important in our, our third key message is around catastrophic health expenditure. So it's one thing for a patient to be able to get to the hospital and get to a safe hospital and have this care provided to them, but can they afford it? And what we found is that 33 million households are uh, pushed into poverty or have catastrophic health expenditure when they access surgical care. And that's just for direct surgical care. When you add the indirect expenses, the travel, the food, the time off of work, there's an additional 48 million cases of catastrophic expenditure. So these are people who are uh, really being pushed into poverty by accessing proper surgery. The next key message involves the concept of investing in surgery as as opposed to thinking of it as a cost. What we found is that this is actually a good investment, a good investment for governments and ministries of health. So there is an excellent return on investment by investing in surgery and surgical care delivery. 
And we estimated that uh, between now and, and 2030, without making this proper investment, this could cost the world economy $21 trillion. And lastly, the fifth key message is something that Jim Kim mentioned in his opening address uh, to our first commission meeting, and that is that surgery is really an, an indivisible and indispensable part of healthcare. So it's very important that uh, we not make this appear as if surgery is competing with other healthcare interventions. Surgery needs to be part of an overall properly functioning healthcare system for that system to work uh, properly and provide universal access to healthcare. And that last point is very interesting, universal access to healthcare, UHC. This is a big movement at the moment, isn't it, in global health. So is one of the aims of this commission, is, is it actually to have an advocacy role to ensure that individual government's health systems can accommodate surgery as part of their health coverage? Because otherwise, of course, if it's seen as an add-on, if surgery is seen as an add-on, then we're into the catastrophic out-of-pocket expenses that you've just described. Richard, you're absolutely right. We certainly have an advocacy role. And the message that we really need to get across to ministries of health is that this is not an add-on. This is an integral part of healthcare delivery. So infectious diseases, many of them require surgery. Non-communicable diseases, many of these disease entities require surgery. So it isn't something that we're adding on or tacking on to the healthcare system. All aspects, all diagnoses uh, can require surgery. And you just won't have a properly functioning system without incorporating surgery in, into that care delivery paradigm. What's the plan moving forward? We've got the publication of this commission, clearly to raise awareness, to be an advocacy tool for surgery in the global health setting. What do you hope to see happening from here? What's the, the timetable for action, if you like? The next most proximate steps will be the launches. So we have our London launch April 27th and 28th and then our uh, North American launch in Boston, May 6th and 7th. So these give us an opportunity to present the commission findings. But then we certainly have to go beyond that. And, and uh, I recall uh, in one of the first meetings with Richard Horton, he said, look, this is not going to be uh, just writing a report and being done with this. This is something that is going to really take a decade. And, and you know, we're hoping that, that you will be involved in this for a decade. So I, I have to admit, I didn't realize this was going to be a decade-long commitment, but I, I'm glad it is because I think it's the right thing to do. So beyond the launches, it really is an issue of, of what you brought up before, which is advocacy. So we need to get the message to ministries of health, to funding agencies, to the World Bank, to USAID, to DFID, et cetera. And I could go on and on. So we And, and, need WHO, to get that. and WHO, and WHO, of course. Exactly. So all of these agencies, uh, we need to get that message out that uh, surgery is not an add-on, that it's, it's integral, as, as, as Jim Kim mentioned in, in his opening address. Uh, and I think that's really going to be the role of the Lancet Commission, both getting that message out, but also we're going to continue to do research in these areas, and we want to provide follow-up. So in years to come, we would like to look at, for example, the indicators that were recommended by the commission and see what is happening with those. When you look at things like perioperative mortality, are we able to show that by implementing proper systems, we can improve perioperative mortality? When we look at surgical volume, will we be able to look at the various low and middle income countries and show that they are getting closer to a surgical volume that provides that population with access. So the commission came out with six initial indicators. Part of our role, in addition to advocacy, will be circling back to those indicators on a regular basis to show improvement over time.